Welcome to the Musician's Guide to Being Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. Every week, we have music industry professionals and top performers share their insights on thriving as a modern musician. Whether you're a recent grad or high-profile artist, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Karen Kibidez, CEO of Kibidez Artist Services, marketing and management consultant, educator, and professional saxophonist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Musician's Guide podcast. Um, I am your host, Karen Kibidez. And today I wanted to talk about gratitude, but I also wanted to talk about melting down. So I know they both sound like the extremes, um, but I think this is something over the years that I've realized comes for any high performer. I think there just needs to be an awareness of what is your gratitude practice and also just kind of checking in with your emotions. Um, I feel especially now, uh, through and during this COVID-19 situation, um, you know, we haven't really allowed ourselves to feel our feelings intentionally, perhaps. And I've had this conversation with a lot of my clients in the last couple of weeks of, you know, what it's like to actually melt down. What does that look like? Um, what does it mean? How, how do I actually literally do it? So I figured we could, you know, hang out together here and I can just walk you through what I do. Um, and, also just kind of offer some some insights as a, as a licensed life coach. I feel like the word life coach and coaching and whatever is just kind of thrown around all over the place. And I just want to encourage everyone to just make sure that whatever advice you are taking to do your research, um, to make sure that you're, you know, asking the professionals and, and the right people for um, any kind of endeavor that you're going to take, especially in, in reference to mental health and, and, and for your well-being, to just kind of make sure that it's been tested and that it is a a legitimate thing. And, um, especially to not, you know, uh, do something that doesn't feel right. Um, even this, um, doesn't feel right to everyone. So I just kind of want to demystify it a little bit and you can decide if melting down is, is the right thing for you. Um, and then we'll get into gratitude a little bit later, but basically what I've realized is that we have about two camps of, what melting down can be. The people that have not cried cannot remember the last time they cried, the last time they sat and felt their feelings. Um, And then the other extreme is the ones that can't stop crying. And I've been in both extremes and I completely understand what it's like to, yes, I'm very in tune with my feelings, maybe a little bit too much. And now I'm just spiraling into like a deep depression or I just really can't get out of bed or I can't function because I'm just like feeling my feelings all of the time. And then, you know, of course the other where it's like, when was the last time that, um, you know, I cried and was vulnerable and felt like it was safe enough to be, you know, just upset or sad or hurt or angry or or whatever. And a technique that I implement, um, is, kind of like having a conversation with myself. And I like to do this via journaling because it feels less crazy. This is totally going to sound woo woo. So just bear with me. But basically I sit down in a safe space, which is my office. You know, I have a nice uh, shag white rug and I have a, a really comfy lazy boy and I have my weighted blanket, which I totally recommend if you have not purchased a weighted blanket, totally purchase one. Um, they are just heavy and super soft and nice. They really help ground me. Um, it's been instrumental to helping me cope with my anxiety And I just sit in my little lazy boy um, with this blanket and, you know, just my journal or a notebook or sometimes even my phone, depending on like the vibe and and how I'm like truly feeling. Um, And I just start 
kind of writing and, and talking to myself. It's a combination of like talking out loud or, or just talking in my journal, depending on, on how upset I'm feeling or, or, you know, what the intention of that is. Um, whenever I, I set the intention of melting down, it's really just to be truer to myself and just be more in tune with what I'm feeling and what is going in my heart and my mind. And, you know, how can I like shut everything out and the chatter and, you know, the, the negative talk or the inner critic or, you know, my obligations, my phone, my email, what anybody else might need. I just make sure that I set some time apart where it could just really be a hundred percent about me. And I sit down and I have a conversation with my fear. I welcome it. I sit there and I'm like, okay, hello, fear. Welcome. Um, what is happening? And I just kind of write through what I'm actually afraid of. So to give you a tangible example, um, working on zoom, I've worked on zoom for probably the last four years of my business. And that's where I do most of my coaching calls and how I talk to my clients. It's great. You can share screens as we all know now. Um, but giving a masterclass on zoom is like kind of stressful. And for me, I just, what I love about lecturing or being in front of people in a masterclass setting is that connection. Like I can ask questions. It can be conversational. I love the energy in the room. I love, you know, when I piss people off with something that I say or when something like really resonates and connects and not that I'm like, I'm out to do that with my lectures, but I know, you know, we all have such polarizing thoughts on like social media, for example. And that's like one of the topics that I talk about most. So I just, I love that like shock factor and that energy of of being together in the same space. Um, So I was just feeling really, really sad and really stressed out about all these amazing lecture opportunities that I got um, in the last couple of months. And I was just feeling like, oh, I won't be able to deliver the content in the way that I want to, like, and just started naming specifics. Like, what if I'm sharing my screen and then I go to the next slide and then the screen doesn't share, but nobody knows. And I'm just like talking about another screen that they're not seeing and they're going to think I'm a fraud or I'm fake or I just don't know what I'm talking about or like, you know, what if my computer explodes and, you know, I can't log back in or, you know, what if the teacher doesn't know how to like enable the share screen? Like, what if I have to talk and just all this stuff that I'm sure you're listening, you're like, okay, well, that's not a big deal. Um, But to me, it was just like crazy. And then also like, what if uh, somebody says something and they like stump me or like, what if, you know, imposter syndrome started coming out? I mean, just meltdown city. So I just started writing all of that down and, you know, just, acknowledging it. And it was like, okay, well, I totally acknowledge these feelings and they're totally valid. And I I just basically talked to my fear. Like I would talk to a child or like I would talk to my baby sister that I love and adore. And, you know, just with the gentleness and and the kindness that, you know, maybe your, your parents uh, talked to you when you were a kid. And then after, you know, we just are very afraid and very sad and it's just all out in the open then I like to invite wisdom and I'm like, welcome wisdom and join us here in this conversation. And, you know, like fear, step aside for a second and Karen, calm down. And then, uh, wisdom just comes in and gives me the information that helps combat all of my objections or just all the things that I'm actually afraid of. So that conversation with zoom in particular turned into like, well, this is perfectly valid, makes sense that you want to do a really good job because you care so much and because, you know, the message is really important. But um, this is wisdom talking. Uh, Karen, like, you're just the vessel. 
Like, it's not about you. It's not about what you look like. It's not about how Zoom does or the quality of your PowerPoint. It's literally the message that you have to share that matters. So stop making it about yourself. Get out of your way and just freaking deliver. And if it doesn't go well, then it's going to be a really great learning experience. And regardless, though, like you're you're here and doing this for a reason and with a purpose. So just lean into that purpose. And then, you know, as far as, you know, getting exhausted over Zoom or, you know, not having that engaging conversation, why don't you just relax and find ways to innovate that engagement, whether it be through the chat room or the new emojis on Zoom, or, you know, just ask people to clap if something resonates with them or just to unmute themselves if they have a question. And, you know, this sounds incredibly logical, but when you're in the thick of it, when anxiety's taken over, when you're just exhausted, drained, and just afraid with everything that had been happening with COVID, like this was a really big deal to me. So, sitting down and and having that conversation with, with fear and with wisdom, acknowledging both. And more importantly, like realizing that I had the answers within me and that that's always something that I've believed, uh, especially for creatives. Like once you omit that intervention and that get, get that thing out of the way, which is usually yourself, like everything just falls into place and, and goes the right way. So Um, it's been a really transformative experience to just have those moments of vulnerability by myself and to just be able to write it out. It's been really cool to go back and read some of my entries because these things don't go away. Like the things that I'm afraid of, like wisdom doesn't just come in and enlighten me. And then I've moved on to like a new dimension of like having it together. Like, no, these things totally come back in different ways. Um, like right now we're recording the podcast, uh, with zoom and we're using the audio uh, of zoom and then also the video component. So we have an extra visual. And today I had an incredible interview, but halfway through the interview, uh, the, my guest's internet like combusted and we had to like cut the interview and start again. And in the midst of it, I could have been like, Oh no, it's over. We've lost our flow. Like this is the worst. What a missed opportunity. But instead it was more of like, Oh, okay, well this is just zoom. We've had this fear before. It's going to be fine. We'll just copy paste it. I have an amazing team and they're going to, it's going to be fine. And you know, just kind of reaching back into these tools that I've created by spending the time to acknowledge the fear. And now I'm sitting here talking to you and not melting down like I might have been a month ago. So these are just little tips and tricks that I that I implement. And this practice has been really transformative when I've done it with my coaches. And for those of you that are in therapy, um, in the cognitive behavioral therapy style, you know, often your therapist will be like, okay, well, what's your what's your issue or what's the conflict? And, you know, you're talking about perhaps like a specific scenario or something that happened and they'll be like, okay, great. Let's like role play in here. Like tell that person what you're thinking and how would they respond? And at first it's incredibly jarring. You're like, what the F is happening? But as you're in this conversation, you realize that your fears, you know, have a reasonable, rational explanation. They matter, but they're not going to hold you back. And that, you deep down know exactly what you're doing. So that would be one of the ways that I recommend melting down, just really acknowledging your fears. And it doesn't have to be emotional, but it can be emotional, especially if you're dealing with trauma or certain triggers or things like that. Like, I mean, not to get super TMI on this episode, but like as a, as a food addict, like it's very stressful um, to kind of feel that I have the discipline and the power to be a vegan, for example, but that a specific situation or a trigger just sent me down a spiral and I all of a sudden was way off from being a vegan or whatever. Um, or that, you know, my body needs certain nutrients and I just emotionally cannot have 
broccoli soup right now. Um, and just kind of being okay with, with pivoting and being flexible. So that's one of the tools that I utilize. The other one that happens more often than not is just like a full on meltdown. Um, same vibe, same space. I feel very safe in, in that corner of my office, put my gravity blanket on and I'll do some kind of guided meditation on YouTube or something or headspace whatever feels right. Or if there's something that's very specific that I'm really pissed off about, I'll just really embrace those thoughts and what I'm actually thinking. I'll probably just start crying or yelling or whatever. And that can manifest with me just sitting there just sobbing. And everybody knows when it's going to, like my husband lives with me. So it's like, okay, meltdown moment, leave me alone. Um, or therapy for me is, is very emotional as well. So I just pretty much sit there and and cry with my box of tissues and, um, it's really great. I'm very grateful for my therapist that lets me just bawl my eyes out. And I just want everybody to know that nothing is wrong with me. Like I'm very blessed. I have an amazing life, an incredible marriage. I just can't even believe the career that I have. Um, I have an incredible team. My dogs are literally the best. My family's amazing. Like I'm just blessed beyond measure, but I have feelings and we all do. And they're a wide spectrum of emotions. And I think just really giving yourself permission to, to tap into that and to just know that nothing's wrong with you. So again, I could be crying or I could just be on the floor crying or I could bring a pillow and just like yell into my pillow or um, exercise has also been a very therapeutic uh, thing for me where uh, I love kickboxing. Um, I used to go to a gym called Hotbox here in Nashville. And it was just incredibly intense kick kickboxing and just it's hot as shit in there. So you're just like literally can't even handle it. And yeah, that was also incredibly empowering for any anger or any frustration that I had to just go hit a bag. So I've done a wide range of those things. Um, but I not going to lie. I really melt down probably once a week. Um, and if it's been really busy and I haven't made the time to it for it, uh, it will happen in therapy. So I like to make sure that I'm just really embracing my feelings. And I find that whenever I just feel my feelings and, you know, move on from whatever was troubling me or upsetting me, instead of just stacking it on or, or pushing it down, I am the most creative I've ever been. I am the happiest. I'm the most patient, flexible, empathetic Um, and just my compassion for others. Like it wasn't until my anxiety became debilitating or crippling that I realized that this rat race we're all in is not sustainable and it's not real. Um, and I just feel like a greater appreciation for when I collaborate and work with people and I know they're going through a tough time or myself, I'm trying to like keep it together for this photo shoot and, you know, just deliver what I do at a high level. And I just find that my superpower is really in being in in touch and in tune with my feelings and not being afraid of them, not pretending like they're not there. And it's, it's the hard stuff. Like you've heard me talk about, you know, the body, mind, spirit connection with Jeremy and, you know, his method for performance and just life in general. And the more I apply that, you know, but the more I realize that, yeah, we could all do things in the body really well and, you know, develop that dexterity and and do whatever we need to do to be proficient at at what our craft is. And yes, we can all be intellectuals, you know, went to school, conservatory, do the whole nine, um, as far as just the high art and the, the elitist direction I could take with, with how incredible I can do whatever. But the true magic happens in the spirit part, in the humanity component, and just really feeling your feelings and embracing the the spectrum of what those are and the challenges that come with those, you know, just the the learning to forgive and 
the the dealing with trauma and, and processing triggers and getting to know your personality, like why you are the way that you are, you know, not to quote Michael Scott, but you know, what happened in your childhood that developed your personality in the way that it is in your adult life? Uh, you know, what behaviors do you take that are adopted from your childhood when you feel misunderstood or embarrassed or afraid? And just really knowing yourself. It's been so beautiful to connect with myself the last couple of years, even the, the ugly and the horrible and the embarrassing parts of it, but to just really start to embrace and, and accept myself. And I, I find that I am the most creative when I have that body, mind, spirit connection balanced. And I have been able to do even greater things that I couldn't have conceptualized a year ago by just doing this kind of hard work and, and being in therapy and having a coach and, and just taking really good care of my, of my mental health. And I've said this before, but you are your product. So it doesn't matter if you're an incredible, you know, musician, trombonist, whatever, like if you are not healthy, both in or in the body, mind, spirit, it's going to be incredibly difficult to have a fulfilled life, to have a joy-filled life. It's not even about, will you make it? Sure. We know plenty of incredible musicians that have amazing careers and play in the top everything, but are not happy and are not healthy. So it's just really getting on board with that. Um, and, you know, just acknowledging that you have the wisdom within and that you get to feel your feelings and that it's okay for, for it to look different for each person. Like if you have a tendency to stay in your sadness, then maybe you do more of a journaling exercise. If you know, you enjoy feeling your feelings, then, you know, maybe you try, uh, the actual crying and, and melting down part. And this is just two of hundreds of thousands of different ways that you can have this moment with yourself. This is just what I personally do and what has been working for my clients the last six years. Um, and then the daily gratitude practice. I feel like I talk about this all the time, but I am a huge believer in just writing, you know, 10 things you're grateful for every single day in a journal, first thing in the morning. Like I've mentioned before, sometimes it's really easy. Uh, I can, you know, be in a great mood and everything's amazing. And I'm grateful for, you know, my husband and my dogs and my home. And then other days I just can't even be grateful for anything. And it's okay. I still practice and I'm like, great, I'm grateful for, let's pick a superficial thing, my earrings, my hair, my bags, you know, my computer, whatever. And I find that just getting into that practice of gratitude and into the habit of, of allowing my brain to go there uh, makes conflict resolution so much easier, makes adversity so much easier, and allows me to really fight through that creative process when shit hits the fan, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, there's all other ways as well to, to do the gratitude. If you don't feel like writing it down, um, there's this book that I recommend everybody read. It's called Chop Wood, Carry Water. I know I've mentioned it many times by Joshua Metcalf. It's a blue book, very easy read, about 200-something pages, maybe a two-hour audiobook. It's available on both. Um, and in this book, the, um, the sensei essentially, uh, talks about saying your gratitude in the shower and thinking, you know, at least 30 things like just rapid fire things that you're grateful for and speaking them out loud into existence. And, you know, depending on, on your level of, of awareness, uh, personally, I have not been able to get to 30 without just like exploding in either completely shift in my mindset and a total state change. Um, or just overjoyed by, you know, how much I actually have and, and how much not of a dumpster fire I am, especially when I think I'm being one. So that could be another solution to 
you know, your gratitude practice, you know, when you're in the shower or just maybe making your coffee or something, just quickly think of 30 things that you're grateful for. I use my fingers, um, like one, two, three, like that. And, you know, see if you can get to 30 and and see how much that alters or changes your state. And then something else that I do, um, for my just gratitude practice, you know, depending on what I'm in the mood for, um, I feel like during this time of COVID and just, you know, the aftermath of everything, like I think, going back to what brings us joy, you know, the world as we know it is not the same. And, you know, we're having to pivot and move things around. And, you know, the, for example, the touring industry is just been hit very, very hard. And, you know, everybody from the artist all the way down to production management, the band are having to make very difficult decisions of what the future of that looks like. And, you know, it's just so easy to pretend like you're not angry or pretend like you're not upset or or that it's bad to feel resentment. And I, I just want to empower people and just give you permission. You don't need it, but here it is to just feel your feelings and be mad and, you know, journal about it and yell and and talk to your significant other or to your close friend or, or mom or dad or whatever, and, you know, get those feelings out so they don't fester. And maybe down the line, you blow up at the wrong person or you burn a bridge because you didn't process or deal with that. So I just want to encourage you with that. But I also have this book called 52 Lists for Happiness. Um, it's a weekly journaling and inspiration for positivity, balance, and joy kind of book. It's on Amazon. I'll link it to the show notes. Um, it's really pretty. Um, I don't necessarily think it's like gender like it's not like I don't think it's girly but you can look at the book and decide for yourself but um I really like the prompts and I want to be honest I hate writing um every time I go to like a self-care workshop or some kind of writing whatever I'm just so furious about the thought of having to write and I just freaking hate it but I found that this book um it wasn't so hard because I had the prompt and there was an action step so one that I would recommend right now and, and you don't have to get the book to do this is to write a list of the things that make you happy. So what makes you happy right now in this moment? And, you know, take some time. I would say maybe 15, 20 minutes and just make a list. You can write it out in prose. You could do bullet points. You could do numbers, you know, whatever. Um, So just to give you an idea of some of the things that make me happy, um, spending time with my husband, quality time with the dogs, coaching my clients. Uh, I love sleeping in clean sheets. Like the new clean sheet vibe is just, it totally raises my vibe and I really, really love it. I love Grady's iced coffee. Um, I love sitting on the couch with blankets, um, going on walks with my sister. I love handbags, trying new things, uh, listening to podcasts. It's like one of my most favorite things to do, skincare, therapy, and go, goes on and on and on. So just make a list of things that make you happy. And then what you make, once you make that list, um, here are some action items to think about. And you can either journal about those or just kind of reflect. Um, how often do you actually get to experience the things that you enjoy? How often do you get to experience the things that make you happy? And after you kind of see, okay, well, I'm not implementing this as much, or maybe I'm doing too much of this, and maybe I need to rein it in and do a little bit more of this, then I always take one item of this list and see how I could turn it into a daily practice. And that's been super helpful for me because as, as someone that is labeled as incredibly productive and, you know, just has it together all the time, um, this COVID totally kicked my butt in that arena. Um, not just the regular, like, you know, business is on fire and everything's exploding and everyone's really upset, but the, the heaviness and the anxiety and, and just, I felt like I had an elephant on my chest a hundred percent of the time. And, um, I realized that if, 
I was, if I knew what brought me joy and what made me happy and what could immediately change my, my state and my mood, then it would be a lot easier for me to channel that and have that available and accessible to me whenever I needed it. So one of the things that I personally changed in my life was, um, since I love spending time with my husband and the dogs and I love Grady's eyes coffee and I love sitting on my couch with blankets, I made it a daily tradition that every single day I, you know, wake up and I do exactly that. I have my Grady's coffee on the couch with my blankets, with my dog, with my husband, for at least an hour, hour and a half. And for someone that was used to working, you know, crazy hours and, you know, my identity being wrapped into my work and, you know, continuing to, to learn to stop hustling for worthiness and blah, blah, blah. I set the boundary that I want to do this first thing in the morning. It brings me joy. It might not be the most productive thing. It might not be the, the best thing for like my brain science. Cause I'm the most productive in the first three hours of the day or, you know, whatever thing I know as a life coach, I was just like, F it. I need to just have this time with my family. And I have been the most productive, the happiest, the most centered when I give myself that luxury. And it happens every single day. And because of that, I was able to say like, okay, well, if I'm getting up at 6.30 or 7 and I have an hour with my with my family and my dog and whatever. So by 8 a.m., I start moving and get into my morning routine. So then that means that, you know, I need at least two hours to get it together with, you know, my morning rituals and the things that I implement before I start working. So that means that I can't work before 10 a.m. And kind of working backwards just really showed me that like, oh, nobody's going to care that I can't work before 10 a.m. Nothing's on fire. I still have enough time in the week to fit everyone in. And my days have just been going so much better. And I have that boundary where nothing happens before 10 a.m. And if it's on fire, it gets delegated or it can wait. And that's just been really, really helpful. And I wouldn't have known that had I not sat down and focused on the things that make me happy. And I feel like we just also tend to focus on like what's wrong and what's going wrong and how to fix it. And, you know, it just gets into like a negative vibe. But for me, it's been like, well, what is working? <laughs> what does make me happy? How can I be my most productive? And that by proxy became more downtime and resting more and taking better care of myself. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you guys. I hope it was helpful. Um, and I just want to leave you guys with however you process and, and however you do things is okay. There's no right way to do it. Um, There's no better way than another. It's literally what works for you. So a lot of these things that I, that I preach and that I do myself, it's been trial and error and some of them work in different seasons of life and in others, they don't Um, like, you know, the more structured morning miracle morning routine, 5am club, all of that is not the vibe right now because we're in a freaking pandemic and everything's on fire, but this new lifestyle makes a little more sense. So just whenever you're listening to this, just like assess the state of the union for your house and for your, your body, mind, spirit, and your life, and just figure out like what needs to happen. How can you be the best version of yourself? Because the goal is not to survive. It's to just thrive no matter what it is that you're faced with. So uh, feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Um, I'll definitely be posting about this and opening up more about some of my own rituals and things that we utilize. And um, I hope it was helpful. (laughs) 